Welcome back. This is the soft count. So I caught the ESPYs for a little bit last night. It's so weird. I, as I was watching it, the only thing I was thinking is, who is this for? Like, who is the audience that they think want to see this? <laughs> it's so, it's like, mostly not about sports. Like, they spent a lot of time talking about the Jimmy V thing, which, okay. And they bring up Jim uh, or Dick Vitale, who's now has cancer. So there's a lot of things talked about cancer, and then there's a lot talked about like war and sort of war heroes. And I barely saw anything about sports in like the first hour and a half, and I just was like, I can't, I can't watch this. And I'm like, Who the fuck wants to see this? And no hate on either of those things. It's just like, it's not fun. <laughs> like this is not fun. I, I, I didn't get it. I, I don't understand who who they think are, is watching that shit. But it was not enter, entertaining at all to me. This weekend is the UFC fight night: Blades versus Aspinall. The preliminary card is not great. The very first fight of the night has that Ludovic Klein dude. He's badass. He's eighteen and four, and he's fighting Mason Jones, who's eleven and one. I don't know who's, you know, we'll see. I, I'm kind of excited about that. And then uh, the Mark Diacasi and Demir fight, don't care really. Nathaniel Wood and Charles Rosa, again, not super excited about that. Let's see here. Oh, they've got, they added uh, Mar, uh, Marwan Amarikani. He's fucking sweet. I really like him. He does lose sometimes, and he wins sometimes. He's had some really crazy submissions. He's 17-7. and seven. He's just a fighter I really like. He's fighting Jonathan Pierce. That'll be a nice fight, early, uh, early card fight. Yeah, those are the fights that I've got circled. We'll go through, and I'll give you my picks after I see everybody weigh in. Mohamed Makaev is a 7-0 fighter. I've enjoyed seeing him kick some ass. I think he's only fought like twice in the UFC now, but he's like a fucking monster. So that's the prelim card. Like I said, not my favorite card. But it, it gets uh they make up for it with the, the main card on a on a fight night card, which is sweet. This isn't even a pay-per-view event. But Paul Craig starts the card off. He is one of the tougher dudes in the UFC. He's one of, he last fight he won from his back. He's really tough. I like him. Molly McCann's fun. Only the fight's gonna be in London, so everybody loves Molly. They call her Meatball Molly McCann. She she just keeps going forward and keeps banging. She tries her hardest. She gets her face all fucked up every fight. You know, she uses her face to block punches <laughs> while she's throwing them. She's tough. I like her. Nikita Krylov is twenty seven and nine. He's fighting Alexander Gustafsson, who's gone down to light heavyweight. Nikita's fucking scary. Both of these guys are scary. That's gonna be a sweet fight. I haven't decided what I who's gonna win yet. I haven't really figured that one out. And then the the highlight of the night, I think for most people, it's not going to be the best fight. It's not even going to be that good of a fight to watch. It's, in my experience, Jordan Levitt's fights are not very much fun to watch. He's a defensive fighter. He's really strange. Somebody asked me if he was gay. He's got a wife. <laughs> I mean, he's just he's just different. He's like a different dude. He's ten and one. One of the first times, it might have been his first fight in the UFC, he uh, picked a guy up and then put his forearm across his head and slammed him down and knocked him out. And it didn't even swing, you know, didn't throw a punch. I've also seen him lay on his back and keep, like, kind of falling on his back, hoping a guy will get on top of him. 
That kind of shit annoys me. He's an annoying fighter. He does get wins, though. He's really dangerous on the ground. His jiu-jitsu is, is really good. And people underestimate him because he's not ripped and he doesn't really work out. He doesn't lift weights. And so he comes in looking kind of normal. <laughs> and uh, he might fuck you up. And he's going up against the superstar, Patty the Batty Pimblet. Those of you that don't know who he is, he's the guy with the, like, mullet bowl haircut. So you might recognize, you might know who I'm talking about now. He's an exciting fighter. Everybody loves him, mostly because he's got weird hair and, and sounds super British. He's okay. I see him, I've seen him get, you know, dinked in the face a couple of times. I've seen him get hurt. And this fight is a super weird matchup for him. And so I find that this will be pretty funny to watch. I have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, you would think Patty Pimblett's going to be the heavy favorite going up against Jordan Levitt. But everybody's the heavy favorite going up against Jordan Levitt. And the dude is 10-1. and one. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. We'll see. Jack Hermanson, like I said, I'm kind of done with him. He's been doing these, like, side wrestling things and just kind of exhibition things now lately. He's going up against Chris Curtis. Both of these guys, to me... I'm just not. I'm not excited about this. I don't see either of these guys becoming a champion of the of the middleweight division anytime soon. They're one. You know, Chris Curtis is 29 and eight. Jack Hermanson's 22 and seven. I just don't see it, and nor do I really care that much. The main event. It's probably one of the best heavyweight main events we'll see in a really a long time. Best one we've seen in a long time. Curtis Blades. So the last time I saw Curtis fight, I actually don't really like the Dawkins brothers. I don't think they belong in the UFC. I like that I like that they're trying. I like that they're tough. But physically, they do not have world-class athletic bodies. And when you go up against a guy like Curtis Blades, who I believe was a college wrestler and even like maybe a national champion, he's like a really good wrestler. And his stand-up game and his boxing has gotten really good. And he's 16 and 3. I've seen him get knocked out. Um, he's 16 and 3 with one no contest. He's really talented. <clears throat> Tom Aspinall, to me, is the best young fighter I've seen in a really long time. Physically, he's gifted. He's got the jaw you want. He looks like you probably can't knock him out. His head is that of a brick. He's got the traps, the lats, the chest, the arms, the body. He's huge. And he is really fast. His wrestling is fantastic. His boxing's fantastic. And everybody in his family is, like, on board with their gym and training Tom Aspinall. He's a tough out. That being said, he's 12-2, and two, so we'll, we'll see how he does. I think he – I mean, he should win. He should probably be minus 200 in this fight even. I don't know. Tom Aspinall right now is fighting better than anyone I've seen in a really long time. I'm pretty pumped. Another fight got announced. Man, the, the fights for UFC, they are announcing them like crazy. You know, we just had the Islam and Oliveira fight announced. Well, we also just got Piotr Jan and Sean O'Malley have, has been announced. Now, a lot of you that have been listening for a while know that Piotr Jan was my favorite fighter. He was, when I, until I, the last fight, and that he's not my favorite fighter now. People are like, oh, that's shitty of you. It's like, no, I still like him. I just can't say that you're the best fighter in the world. I don't think he is. I used to think he was. But once you get like a rear naked choke on you, like once you're RNC'd, like I just, I can't think that. And so, however, he is a fantastic fighter and I love him. 
and he's going up against Sean O'Malley, and this stylistic matchup should be a boxing match. These guys are going to fucking fight, and that's going to be fun. Aljermaine Sterling is not a, a fun fighter to watch. He is going to just be trying to scramble onto your back to get an RNC the whole time. That's like his whole game. Because if he tries to strike with you, he gets gassed. And so he just wrestles. And if he can get that off on you, you lose. I don't see how, I don't see O'Malley or Piotr Jan being able to escape that. That being said, the the Jan and O'Malley fight is going to be interesting. O'Malley said for a while that he doesn't really want to fight anybody until he can get paid. And that's a good point. But here's the thing. If he goes in there and beats Piotr Jan, he's going to be fighting for the title, and he'll be fighting Aljermaine Sterling. Aljermaine in that last fight, changed. I changed my opinion about everything I think about that guy. His wrestling is exceptional, if not one of the best in the UFC right now. It is really hard to not let that dude get on your back and choke you out. <laughs> I mean, he that's all he's trying to do. He's not trying to box you. He's not trying to kickbox you. He's not trying to do anything other than get you like get on your back and choke you out. That's his game. And so the first time you Piotr Jan fought him, he was able to just you know, there's certain fighters that are supposedly really hard to take down and Piotr Jan was one of them. He just he just fucked up in that last fight and it and it happened. But those, these two guys aren't going to be trying to do that. So that'll be a really sweet fight to look forward to. We'll kind of see who's going to get a shot at Aljermaine Sterling. That fight's definitely going to decide who's going to fight him next. You would think Cheeto Vera would be in the conversation for fighting Aljermaine Sterling next. I'm not 100% sure. We'll see. So the Madden ratings is kind of the, the thing everybody's talking about on TV. I'll say this. I've been playing Madden longer than anybody that is making a fucking podcast right now. I've been playing it because I'm, I'm older. I'm in my late 30s. And even as recently as two years ago, I was ranked in the top 1% in Madden Ultimate Team Online, playing competitively online. The last two years since that, uh, I've, I haven't played it. I just haven't played it as much online because I've been busy. I got, you know, got shit going on. So I, I play a little franchise, but I'm familiar with the game. I still play it every year. I buy it every year like a fucking idiot. Those of us out there that, you know, raise your hand. We're all fucking idiots because we keep buying this game. That being said, I love football. I love Madden. The NCAA game was always great. I still have like a emulator on my computer so I can play that sometimes. But as the ratings are coming out, for the most part, you know, I see a lot of people bitching about the different ratings. You know, how is this person rated? There's really only one rating that I've seen where I'm like, What? And I think a lot of it has to do with how long they've been in the league. And so they just don't want to give a person that hasn't been in the league that long a really high rating. But on the wide receiver front, they got Jamar Chase ranked as an 87. All right, let me just put that into perspective. Brandon Cooks, if anybody even remembers Brandon Cooks, he played for the Patriots for a little while, and then he was he like bounced around. I think he was on the Saints. Now he's on the Texans. Brandon Cooks is an 87. Jamar Chase is an 87. What the fuck? I, I, I can't believe that. He was easily the second or third best wide receiver, if not the best wide receiver last year. I know a lot of people be like, well, Cooper Cup was the best one. It's like, fine. But after that, it's like Jamar Chase was the most dominant wide receiver last year. He was unguardable. His team went to the Super Bowl. They got him rated as an 87. Tyler Lockett is a 90. I think Tyler Lockett's a good player. But... Jamar Chase is a superstar. Keenan Allen, who's 
basically perpetually hurt, 91. I actually think that's right because I think Kyle, you know, Keelan Allen's balling. But, I, you know, at this point, I would take Jamar Chase over Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's like six points better than him. What? Most of the guys at the top I'm fine with. They got Devontae Adams rated the best wide out in the, in the game at 99 overall. Cooper Cup a 98. Tyreek Hill a 97. Those are fine with me. I don't have a problem with that. And then they got DeAndre Hopkins as a 96. Stephon Diggs is a 95. It, they appear to not want to have more than one of each one for some reason, which, I, you know, until you get down to like a 91. But, like, is Tyreek Hill, uh, shouldn't he be a 98 <laughs> if he's not a 99? Like, I don't, whatever. My biggest thing, though, Jamar Chase should not be an 87. That's hilarious. They released the edge rushers with Aaron Donald and Miles Garrett both being 99s and TJ Watt being a 96. I don't know what else TJ Watt needs to do to be a 99. I mean, he was easily the most dominant pass rusher last season. I think he led the league in sacks even. He was amazing. And he's a 96 instead of a 99. I get it. They're, they just they got to have different numbers and shit and whatever. But, like, okay, for example, Miles Garrett's speed is 88. He's a 99 overall. Great. Aaron Donald's speed's 82. Yeah, he's 300 pounds. Okay, good. That makes sense. TJ Watt's speed is 83. He's one point faster than Aaron Donald. Has anybody ever seen TJ Watt play <laughs> that, that made this game? Like, oh, my God. Cameron Hayward's a 93. He should be a 90. He's old. Sorry, I bumped my thing. Like, he's saying guys with Von Miller's a 92. I, you know, these guys are so famous that they just don't want to have a lower rating, basically. Let's take a look at the running backs. What'd they do here? Derrick Henry's a 97. Derrick Henry should be a 99. Give me a fucking break. He's, he, he, okay. Christian McCaffrey is the second highest rated running back. Can you name, can you even think about the last time you saw this dude play? Christian McCaffrey. By the way, who they have, his speed is slower than Derrick Henry. <laughs> the only thing the fucking guy can do is be fast and hurt. Wow. That's dumb. Nick Chubb is is below him with Jonathan Taylor. Give me a fucking break. Christian McCaffrey? I think you should have to play at least 75% of the season to even be fucking considered. Like, this dude, it's been years since I've seen him do anything spectacular. Dalvin Cook? Like, Dalvin Cook's a better running back than Christian McCaffrey and should be higher rated. That's stupid. Alvin Kamara is a 90. You're telling me that you think Joe Mixon's better than Alvin Kamara? I got Zeke down here to an 88. Zeke should probably be an 85. <laughs> uh, those are just some of the top, top things. I, I was just like, ugh, what, what are they thinking? Where's the top corner? Oh, Jalen Ramsey at a 98. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't hate that. So those will be coming out over the next week or whatever. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll obviously buy Madden 23. I'll play the fuck out of it and be pissed. But it's the same game every year. I was actually watching a video, and they were showing the trailer. Like, check out the new features in the in the franchise mode, and it looked exactly the same. Like, we've got a new hub, and the it just was like a new background. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Uh, whatever. I'll, I'll buy it. So Kyler uh, Kyler Murley agreed to a new deal: two hundred thirty million, one hundred sixty guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, what else do you have to? Anybody that doesn't like, that thinks he's a bad quarterback, just doesn't know what they're watching. 
I like John Middlecoff. I know some people listen to him, some of you guys tuning in. He's kind of out on Kyler Murray, and I had kind of joked with him. I sent him a message. He didn't even reply to it, but I was like, well, if you don't think he, it, Kyler Murray's the guy, why not? What, what do you think about Baker, them trading Baker for him? And it's like, you wouldn't do – nobody would do that. But it's like, if you don't think Kyler Murray's good, then why would you care? Like, they're both number one picks. They're, you know, the same price. And, uh, yeah, you would just have to – I don't know. Like, I think Kyler Murray is way better than Baker Mayfield, first of all. But for somebody to say they don't want him or wouldn't sign him, I'm like, well, then he's that you view him as Baker Mayfield then. Like, you just don't care. It's like, on to the next guy. Physically, he's been hurt a couple times. But there have been weird injuries, like ankle injuries. That happens to quarterbacks a lot. I don't know if you guys watch football, but quarterbacks get their ankles all fucked up. Patrick Mahomes has had ankle problems now. Ben Roethlisberger has been fucking limping for 10 years. You know, Tom Brady got his knee rolled up on one time. I'm sure he's had ankle problems. If you, I mean, look at the way he he uh, does his ankles. Tom Brady has like the most tape on his ankles out of anyone you've ever seen, and then he brings his socks down over top of it and shit. Madden even has like a animate like an animated character. You can see it in the game. Like that dude, <laughs> you know, he's got a whole roll of tape on each ankle. And so Murray, <clears throat> he just suffers from what everybody else does. He's when he's playing in the pocket, he gets his ankles messed up. Now, that messes up his game because he's a mobile quarterback. The difference I would say about Kyler Murray is his ball is fantastic. He throws a great ball. It's catchable. It's got power. He can do it all. The biggest knock I've heard on Kyler Murray is that people don't like him. <laughs> now, that's another conversation altogether that I don't know anything about. I'm not in the locker room. It's really just like anonymous sources that talk shit about him. Like People don't like him. And it is hard to win games as the quarterback when people don't like you. You know, another example would be the Packers. I'm not sure people on the team like Aaron Rodgers. And the biggest example now is that Devontae Adams left. That, to me, was insane. And it's funny that everybody's just kind of glossed over it on television. I mean, they talk about it. It still gets talked about, but... The fact that he left Aaron Rodgers to go to the Raiders, who've never really won anything and have been bad and had tons of turmoil last year, a new coach, all kinds of crazy shit. And he's like, I'm going to go play with Derek Carr because I don't like Aaron Rodgers. That's the only reason. And Aaron's like fucking phenomenal quarterback. And Devontae's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. This dude is, I, I don't like him. That's it. That's the only reason because there's no there's as far as his play on the field, you would never complain. And so especially if you're Devontae Adams, you would not complain about how many balls get thrown your way and how much you get used and you know, you're the focal point of the offense and Aaron Rodgers can put it anywhere. And you left and took less money to get out of there. Like fuck this. And so to me it's like, man, Aaron's fucking weird. <clears throat> Kyler Murray he might have a little of that going on in his life, and they just signed him big money. They're you know, and now I I don't I feel like I haven't seen much DeAndre Hopkins. You know, he got hurt or whatever. That's an interesting interesting dilemma, but they, they squared him away. They've got no choice. He's a first one round pick. He's a great quarterback. They got to keep him. I actually I like Kyler Murray. He's he's fast. He's strong. Yeah, I like him. The Browns had a workout with. Josh Rosen and AJ McCarron. So what that tells me is they're starting to get word now that it's going to be a short suspension. 
Otherwise, they'd be going after some bigger fish like Cam Newton or Jimmy Garoppolo. But the fact that they're working out Josh Rosen and A.J. McCarron mean they're, they need somebody to back up Jacoby Brissett for five to six weeks. And then Deshaun Watson will be, be ready to go. He'll play the second half of the season. <clears throat> if they can win you know, two to th- two games in the first six, and then Deshaun Watson comes in, they, they have a chance. But Deshaun Watson hasn't played football in fucking forever. And it's going to be hard when he goes out there. People are going to be fucking booing him. It's going to be nuts when he finally does get on the field. And the NFL played this right. They're going to, they've are gonna they played it so that Deshaun Watson can get on the field. And part of the reason is that the NFLPA is prepared to sue the fuck out of the NFL if they suspend Deshaun Watson for longer than they think he should be. And Deshaun Watson's prepared to sue him as well, like both of them. The NFL does not want to deal with that shit, and so they're not going to suspend him for a whole season. It's not going to happen. That's the end of it, the money. Those of you that are wondering, how could the NFL do this? They're waiting a long time so that you don't, you're don't, you not upset about it anymore, and then they'll give out a, you know, a mild suspension, and you'll be kind of pissed, but it's like whatever, and then they don't get sued by Deshaun and the NFLPA, and everybody moves forward, and then he finally gets on the field, and that's when it's going to really hit everybody. Like, oh, my God, he's out there. And the whole fucking Browns fans are going to be booing. Everybody I've seen on Reddit, people kind of are like, I can't believe Browns fans are okay with this. Like, they're not. (laughs) Like, if you fucking have been in Cleveland or been around anywhere, they're not. People are not okay with it. But they can't change anything. They want to watch football. And if you're a local in that area, that's the team you have to watch. And so they're going to watch. If you want to watch football, people are like, well, then don't watch it. And it's like, no. I'm not doing that. I'm watching football, and I'm going to boo my own team. Go fuck yourself. I'm allowed. Love the Browns. going to boo the shit out of them this year. <laughs> Charles Barkley is about to join the Live Tour. All these people are joining the Live Tour. Uh, as time's gone on, the, the press questions have been easier. People don't want to talk about it as much. Politically, I just think that there should be, and, and these guys all claim to be love America, right? Charles Barkley, all these guys, all of them love America. They all want the fucking national anthem to be played. They all want to salute the soldiers and all that shit. And then now they just want to, like, say, fuck America and take take some money in the middle from the Middle East, right? I mean, that's really what's going on. And so if you wanted to make the argument of national pride, the PGA is national pride and the live is, like, the Middle East blood money, desert money, like whatever the fuck you want to call it, um, money. <laughs> and they have they have an endless supply. And, you know, they just like murdered a fucking journalist recently. And that was like really what sparked all this shit. And I'm surprised. I'm surprised Charles Barkley is going to do that because he's filthy rich. I mean, filthy rich. And he's like, I'm ready for blowback. I don't care. And it's like, all right, well. I mean, there's not going to be any anymore. People already, like, don't care. People don't care. And then, they'll, you know, I hear a lot of people, I was like, well, America's been doing deals with Saudi Arabia forever. And I was like, yeah, but if you've got money already and you've got the power to just say, no, we're going to stick this with this, then uh, do it. Why not? I mean, I don't know. That's complicated. I know I know, Colin's, like, on the side of the live. He, he's all about it now, too. But he's also, like super rich and you know all these guys are all super rich and they just it's like a game to them now how can I acquire the most amount of money 
my biggest thing about the live tour is like, why would you want to? I mean, I get it. You're getting more money, and theoretically, that's sweet. But like these golfers have just like disappeared off the radar to me. Because even when I'm sw- like, especially in the summer when I'm flipping through channels and I just land on golf, I know my grandfather. My grandfather's a golf professional. I don't even love golf. I was like actually pretty good at golf. I, I was on the team growing up. I played golf, and I. Every now and then I'll be like, oh, I'm going to watch this so I can call my grandfather later and we'll talk about the tournament, you know. And, you, you know, it might be a, P, it's usually, it's a PGA Tour, you know, so it's one of those events or one of the majors, which isn't PGA or live. So who gives a shit? Everybody watches those. But occasionally I'll land on, like, the PGA Championship, which was fantastic this year. It was right before live started and everybody was still – it went into, a like, a three-round playoff. It was fantastic. And I ended up calling my grandfather and talking to him about it. But – I can't even watch live. I don't, it's not on television. And so these guys are going over there and for a while just kind of disappear. Like they're gone. They show up at the majors and, and, and they're not really competing well right now. Like Rory and Cam Smith dominated the last open. And uh, yeah, these guys like fell off the radar. They're super rich, but once I'm that rich already, now it's all about, to me, it would be about legacy, right? Like, how famous can I be? Like, can I be the best golfer in the world? I want everybody to see me. My wife never understood that. I played music for a while. I like being on stage. I want everybody to look at me. And the live tour would ruin that for me. Like, no one's watching me. Why am I out here? I'm, like, playing golf. I feel like now it's just like a competitive little tournament, like side tournament for these guys to see who's the best over there, and they're betting money on each other. That's like what it feels like. I mean, they're not betting money, but it's kind of what it is, where the PGA Tour still feels like a competition. People are watching me. If I were a golfer, that's like the most important thing to me. I want you to watch me do this. I don't know. And so Charles is going to go over there, and it's like, okay, you go over there, now what? Now you're broadcasting to no one. <laughs> Whatever. So the French Grand Prix is going to be this weekend. There's no sprint race, so the qualifying will be on Saturday morning, and then you know the race on Sunday. There's been a there's been some news. Uh, apparently, Mercedes has had a big upgrade, and they're a lot faster. However, Mercedes has really struggled in the heat, and apparently, it's going to be record breaking temperatures. I think we'll probably have a lot of DNFs on Sunday. Did not finish for the new fans out there. These cars are already hot. In fact, last week we saw a car catch on fire. That's not as common as you'd think, but it does happen from time to time. And the heat is just going to, these cars just have a lot of problems. I mean, there's so many, aside from just like the mechanical things that can go wrong with how how much hotter it is, the tires themselves like just melt away. And so it's going to be a really interesting race. It might, if it gets too hot, these cars, it's almost like they're on glass, you know, like, like fucking ice. They just spin out, break down. I think we'll probably have the most DNFs of the season if it's really hot. We'll see how it goes. If Leclerc can turn it around this week, and he's had, he's historically been, you know, done well at this track. If he can turn it around and get another win, back-to-back wins, man, that would be that would change the season. It, it, this would have to. This has to be this week. He has to do it this week. If he can't, I think he'll be out of time. 
But if he can get another win under his belt, and if, especially another team that's had mechanical problems is Red Bull. And so if the heat affects them and their car fails them, phew, that would be a huge, huge win and a giant swing in points. Vettel has said he intends to remain in Formula One next year. That's like the newest news because his contract's up. I don't know if he's going to stay where he's at. I don't know where he would go, what team would be better. Maybe Daniel Ricciardo's seat at McLaren. Maybe he wants to go there. I just, I'm, not, I'm not sure what his intentions are right now. I assume he wants to win another world title. He knows he's good enough. So, I don't know. He is my favorite driver, those of you who are wondering. I think Sebastian Vettel is the shit. I got a little dog named Sebastian. Even though I didn't name him that, I bought him at the pound, and he was already named that. But, you know, fate. It's funny. Some of the things, one of the little gambling tricks I like to do is I'll look at what people are actually betting on. So, like, 64% of people, this isn't even people that gamble. These are just people. 64% of people think Max Verstappen's going to win in this poll by ESPN. When Charles Leclerc won last week, and he's, you know, only 13% of the people picked him. The masses are usually wrong. And so I look at that. It's like, wow, everybody thinks Max is going to win. He probably won't. <laughs> so hit the like, hit the follow. Like I said, so this weekend's the big viewing party. If you want to join our Discord, you have to sign up on stake using the promo code the soft count. And then you're, and you'll match your name to your Discord name, and we'll know who you are, and you'll get invited. We do it live. We talk about the fights as they're happening. We talk bets. There's people, you know, we have a couple different people. You, know, you post your, you can post your bet in the Discord. You can do all kinds of different stuff. It's a really cool spot. And to get in there, like I said, just go to stake.com, sign up using the promo code the soft count, and get your chance to join the party. Talk to you guys soon. See you this weekend.